Welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly fix of all things Perth Wildcats and Aussie basketball. Presented by Perth Now. Hello and welcome to the Dribble Podcast in the midst of an enthralling grand final series that is delicately poised heading into a pivotal Game 3 at RAC Arena. My name's Chris Robinson from Perth Now in the West. The man alongside me every week trying to get the Wildcats over the championship hump. Three-time NBL champ and Perth Wildcats vice-captain, Greg High. How are you doing, Greg? Not doing, uh, not doing too bad. It would have been nice to be up 2-0 yes. <laughs> um, yes. heading into this week, but uh, unfortunately... Uh, due to our performance on a Sunday, it wasn't meant to be, but uh, raring to go tomorrow night, that's for sure. Yes, I've, I've been fascinated by the narrative of the series so far. There's been a little bit of, in my opinion, there's been a little bit of overreaction to your loss on yeah. Sunday. It's very hard to win on the road in the playoffs, we know that. The best thing I like about the best of five series is that you get the best team that wins. Yep. Um, and there's also a saying in the NBA where they have the longer series. The series doesn't start until the team wins on the road. Yeah, so you guys sure. are sort of just feeling each other out. What have you made of the first couple of games? Yeah, I think, um, well, for us, like, uh, like I got a lot of confidence in the group. Like, obviously quite disappointed with the game, uh, game two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't, like, heading into the series, like, I, I'm not going to lie, I was, like, in a way I can say it now, I was nervous for sure because uh, both times Melbourne played us here, they played us really well and um, a Casper Ware layup. Yeah, could have um, won both games Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, I mean, we talk about all the, the missed uh, foul calls, which I think is nonsense because there's missed foul calls in the whole entirety of a game. But yeah, like they played us extremely well. So, um, and they played um, exceptionally well against Sydney um, just a week before and came off a lot of momentum. So, you never really know. Like the the very first game of a grand final series, like you don't know how your team's going to respond. Like there's obviously a lot of nervous jitters, like all that sort of stuff. And I thought we played exceptionally well. And um, obviously it was a tight game and we blew them apart in the second half. But yeah, like I left that game going like, wow, I've actually got a little little bit of newfound confidence, I guess, in the group because yeah, the two previous occasions, like Melbourne played us really well and and they showed why they're, they're, you know, tied with us for the regular season schedule and and defending champions. And so game two, like, um, yeah, whilst uh, I, I... you always hear it but I guess I didn't think the scoreboard reflected of how tight the contest was um, like yeah it was 18 points I think in the end but like it only uh, for us obviously and it's been across the media the whole time it's it's that um, second chance opportunities and the effort points and the hustle uh, war I guess was clearly won by them and that really impacted in the second half like obviously it was a close game but I thought we really locked in defensively like our philosophies um, but I didn't care who you play but obviously um, you're playing the a grand final opponent like you give a, a team quality looks after playing a great defense for 23 near 24 seconds and you give an opportunity to, to break your backs and that's exactly what they did in the second half and we we spoke about that you know in the first half we had to clear up those um, offensive boards that they were getting they were generating a lot of easy points from that um, and yeah you let a team like that you know it was a seven point game we had a little bit of momentum on our side and I think a, an, again an O board which led to Chris Goulding three um, um, and then, you know, you get a guy like Casper Webb because, yeah, it's home court. It's home court advantage for a reason. Like, they start, you know, their guys grow an extra inch and they start yep. feeling like they're, 
you know, indestructible. And that's what Casper did when he shot that three from the NBA three-point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you, and because, yeah, you, you're feeling it and you're at home and, um, you know, you hit that and the game's done. If you miss it, it's not really a matter. Like, still the crowd was into it. It's like he had hit the shot before he even shot it, you know. So, um, yeah, a lot of confidence still from the group because a lot of those things can be rectified. It's not like, you know, we shot poorly or our scout didn't work or we were severely outplayed. Like, yeah, we will severely outplayed on the on to rebounding and, and that, but I thought we had some really clean looks. And I think if you take away that, like second chance points and easy transition buckets and all that sort of stuff, it can be a different story. Maybe not a win, but it becomes a two or three possession game and um, and, you, and you live with that come grand final series. Let me take you back to game one. Um, halftime, you guys were down four yep. on your home floor. After that, Bryce Cotton scored two points after yeah. halftime and you guys were down four, which normally you'd look at those facts and say, how much did Perth lose by? Yeah. Instead, you guys put together your best quarter of the series so far yeah. in the third quarter, really pulled away. You had the veterans firing, Jesse Wagstaff stepped up, yeah. hit a couple of big threes. Um, Damo hit a, a couple Massive. of big shots as well. What 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 can you channel from that sequence in particular, that second half of game one, your best stretch of the series so far? What did you like out of that that you need to replicate on well, Friday? Well, I think you saw it was pretty much the, the same game on game one, game two, but it just didn't. Opposite the, teams. Correct. Yeah. Like, and what we did in the third quarter was be aggressive, got them in early foul trouble and limit that. And uh, game two, yeah, well, I think we had four fouls from the get-go. We let Mitch McCarron sort of go off straight away from the second yeah. half. You yeah. know, he had, I think he had three and a couple of easy transition buckets and got him rolling. And um, yeah, we on the other side, our very first possession on game one was, I think, 3-0 balls with Gus finishing quite strong. And you can see Vickerman live it on on the sideline and that's that's a confidence thing for our group but very deflating for them especially when you're on the road and this is how crucial it is that's why home court advantage is, is a huge that's thing that's why you bust us. your tail through the home and away exactly right, right. and um, yeah so like both games like our mindset not even game two it wasn't like oh we're, you know like game one we obviously had a sense of urgency game two we had a sense of urgency but they just started they made some crucial plays from the get go and that's what you need in the second half and we did a, we did a poor job in terms of reacting and I thought then when we were sort of chasing a little bit, we just fouled him. And you can't do that. You can't, um, one, just, I guess, ease up the pressure on him and, and allow him to, to get on the free throw line because that's huge. But then you can't play your natural game, which is aggressive and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it hurt us. Um, you know, like we'll discuss later like I, I thought Tariqa was really flowing like he's been playing with a lot of mindset unfortunately luck was on our tell, side tell he, us about it now his shoelace yeah, busted was, before you're about to go out there to start the second half because we were trying to figure out why is Tariqa not started the yeah. second half and then you sort of saw shots of him on the sideline looking or you know fixing up his shoes yeah. tell us what happened it was bizarre like literally um, like we get done doing our shooting and stuff and as I went in um, like T's you know got a shoe in the air so I'm thinking like well either something's like an air source popped or whatever um, so then I sort of was joking around because I was like what size are you because I was happy enough to him to, yeah. to wear my shoe like yeah. get get back on the court I think it was a size 15 so then I had said to Reese, we'll give you your shoes and then T was like don't even worry about it like we'll get it done um, so he literally yeah for the first couple of minutes was just tying his shoelaces so it was a an unusual situation I've never experienced yeah. I don't think he'll ever be tying his shoelaces again at half time like some people very um, I guess in a way OCD with like the way they like guys need to tie their shoes like mm-hmm. I'm the same I, I, I make sure I tie them like 
so many times before I check in, like all that sort of stuff. So he could be the same, but I don't think he'll be running the uh, the risk of, of him snapping um, yeah, as he head out. So, I mean, it's tough. And obviously you're preparing. He was obviously starting and Clint's most probably not expecting to be thrown into it. And you have to step up to the option. I'm not saying Clint didn't do a good job, but, um, you know, I think the way T was going and the way his mindset's been has been really good. And we sort of, it would have been nice to have him with that punch straight away from the get going because he's already settled into the game. That's right up there with uh, the time that your eye got glued wide shut in, uh, in New Zealand for just most bizarre in-game things this season. Um, you mentioned Mitch McCarron. DJ Kennedy was a, sort of officially the player yeah. of the game in game two, but I thought McCarron was, yeah, was the difference, that stretch in the third quarter, yep. um, cleaning the glass and then just pushing in transition, that real sort of spark plug for them. Yep. In terms of slowing down that transition, does that sort of start with your offense, what shots you take, when you take them, where guys are in position does yeah, that sort of you're, help you're exactly right one you need to be able to shoot predictable shots like yep. obviously it's not a, a surprise that we crash the boards but um, we crash it hard but if guys are not shooting shots that they're expected to shoot or they're shooting four shots then a guy can't get into offensive rebound position Offensive rebound position is not only important to to get an extra opportunity and second chance, but more so if you missed, you're right on. You can jam the ball and and slow up transition. That's what I thought. Kennedy did an extremely good job grabbing the ball, and there was no real pressure on the ball, and he can just outlet it at halfway. And then you've got Casper full steam ahead, mm-hmm. Mitch McCarran, Chris Goulding, all these guys in an open court. So for us, we do definitely need to rectify that. Um, we saw that we didn't have a good. Um, our take and in, in terms output, sorry, on the offensive glass. Like I think, you know, they beat us comprehensively on that side of the ball game. Um, so we definitely need to have a bit more impact, you know, getting those boards. Um, and yeah, I thought Mitch McCarron definitely was huge in that third quarter. I, I spoke about it with Bryce after the game. I thought. Um, you know, he just had a lot of poise. And so, you know, made a couple of strong drives, the transition, he just got in there and he he just made the right uh, moves. And, um, you know, obviously he was, he was limited to foul trouble on Friday night. But, um, yeah, for us, I thought he was, yeah, he was crucial. And, and, and for us, we can't allow guys like that who play with a lot of confidence but a lot of freedom. You can't let them have free hits in the open court. They're, mm-hmm. they're talented. Like, they're, you can, there's no denying that. So you have to try and limit those opportunities, whether that's picking up the ball a little bit faster or, or containing that or getting the ball out of their hands. You're going to have to stime it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I thought he, definitely he was he was fantastic Sunday. What's the film watching been like this week? I'm always sort of fascinated by the series dynamic. We don't have it much in Australian yeah. sport in finals, but the series dynamic to go back and forth against the same opponent. Um, how much of, have, have Forty and, and the guys been chopping up film, looking at plays and... and in terms of a series like this, is it sort of a big part of it, the team that makes the best adjustments and For comes sure. up with the best innovations probably wins? For sure. You're going to change things tactically all the time, you know, whether um, obviously we know they're going to try and throw you a, a number of different schemes at Bryce. I mean, that's that's what they'll do. And then how can we counter that and get different looks for other guys? But as well, how can we still get Bryce and scoring threats? Because we know how dangerous he is with the ball in his hands and getting some clean looks and not make him so tired. But the other side, is yeah how can we limit the output of some of them more dangerous guys you know like I think we've done a really good job 
on Casper and Chris, yeah, especially. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, you know, obviously they've they've hit some big shots as as you're expected to do. So, but we've really limited their touches. But we've just got to keep how we say this, but wear them down. You know, and um, you know, from a review standpoint, for sure, it's been you know, it, guys uh, hurt like straight after a game. You know, you're on the flight, forty, and and the coaching staff do a bloody amazing job that the footage and the game tape cut up is available as soon as you step on the plane like from the end of the game to being on the plane you've got an iPad ready if you want to watch your clips and okay. so how, how many of you guys are watching oh, that every as soon single as you guy. Get on the plane yeah every single guy before even the plane goes off and you'll if you're not watching it like if I'll obviously watch my clips and or someone else will watch it but if then you might just put yours away for a little bit and if like say Clint Steiner was next to me and he's watching his clips I'm watching his clips as well and then maybe providing a little bit of feedback or, or generating a, lot, a little bit of conversation around the game so and yeah I'll stand up five six times and head down you know just to stretch the legs and yeah you'll see guys all the time watching it um, you'll see the coaches on their laptop and laptops and people writing notes so it's um, yeah it's a fun thing like this review sort of process and obviously we had a session on Monday we came in the office and uh or an optional shooting uh, training session, weights, whatever. But, you know, um, it's uh, even though it's optional, I love the commitment from the group. Like, yeah, everyone was yeah. there. And, but that's, uh, that's tough, though, right, with regard to the vision. I'm, uh, that's a great thing that you guys are doing. But, I mean, in just a, a normal workday capacity, if I have a you know rough day at yeah. work, the last thing you want to do is go home and oh. then watch a replay of, you know, potentially what you could have done it, better. It, it is brutal. That's and tough. Um, especially, like, it's funny. Like, you know... Even if you play two minutes or 38 minutes, um, you pretty much remember the whole game in your head, like each possession. And as soon as you have a bit of a breakdown, you know, like that's yeah. going to be brought yeah. up, like in yeah. video. And like I remember being on the pl- on the plane, and I was like, oh, I really hope like this clip. I, there was a back uh, baseline possession where uh, I got caught up on a screen. Try- I overhelped a little bit, and I like, got caught up on a screen. I was like, that's. And I said to Mitch, like that, I guarantee that clip's going to be on that um, on Monday film and yeah fair enough like it's funny you'll be watching it and sometimes when there's like uh, obviously like when you win there's more positives than negatives like uh, even though I don't know if that should be the case it should always be the same but just how it is you want guys to feel good about themselves and obviously when you lose negativity is a little bit more common um, understandably of course but so anyway, and it's always different. Like uh, if we win, it, sometimes when we've, we've been blasted, we might watch like a whole game, like and we watch each, each possession. So you can imagine forty minute game broken down into each possession ends up like a three hour film session or whatever. Like it's it's uh, it's excruciatingly yes. long and painful. So yeah, so Trev started. All right, we're just going to watch the first uh, the start of the game. I was like, sweet, I'm not on, so I'll escape the the wrath of Trevor uh, in terms of any clips I might have, and then. It, he's like, and we'll watch the start of the third. So I was like, oh, perfect. I'll just get comfortable in my seat <laughs> um, because, yeah, I, I, I wasn't on on at that time. So yeah. I was like, sorry, I'm not going to get called out here. And then, uh, unfortunately, as soon as we got done, he's like, oh, and we've got some defensive clips. And I was like, oh, oh boy. And yeah, you, we always joke around because you basically, when the clip, you don't know what clip's coming up, but you, the first thing you do is try and see if you're on the court. Yeah. And so, like, the yeah. foot, when I used to wear the, cut, the, the calf sleeve, like, I used to be like, oh, there I am. Damn it. Oh, I don't know. I could be 
yeah. yeah, stuck out to dry here. And fair enough, like it was a base on coal, fourth possession in, and I like looked back yeah. at Mitch and I was like, like there's I've, my I've seen this horror movie before. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is it is tough, but I mean you got to learn from your mistakes. And um, for us, it's about holding each other accountable and making a learn, learning lesson. Unfortunately, it's not the la- it's not game five, and you you can't learn from it. So. Yeah, it's part of the process. Um, yeah, you've got to accept, accept that criticism and, and, and be receptive to feedback, but uh, it's a very important part of about trying to yeah tr- correct the wrongs. You guys went a little bit smaller with regard to your rotation in game yeah. two than game one. Um, Angus Brandt, who I feel is a real sort of X factor for you at, at the offensive end, yeah. had a really good game one, 14 and seven, played 27 minutes. Yep. Um, that went down to six and two in about half the amount of playing time. Was there a reason why you guys went a little bit smaller and, and do you think you try and, and target the guys down low a little bit more early in game three? Yeah, I think um, Gus is definitely a confidence guy and, and got it rolling, um, especially in, in Friday night. So, yep. um, yeah, I mean, not trying to give it away too much, but I think, yeah, we will definitely have a focus for him and, and I think him being aggressive and, and like I don't think it's a bad thing if he's selfish. Like if he if he gets two foot on the pain and, and goes with his left or right hooks, like I, that's a shot I'm living with all the day, yep. all, all the time. Go so I think that's definitely going to be a focus for us. I think with the rotations they'll change. I think Trevor's obviously trying to find something. Um, it, whilst it was only a seven or eight point game, just the, the whole flow of the game sort of was M- Melbourne's way at that time. And so um, obviously he gave Reese a chance, and I thought he responded in a really good manner. Um, and so I think he was just trying to search, I guess, a little bit for, for something there. And, and, yeah, you do that in, in finals. You do that in all the other games as well. So, yeah, I mean, um, f- for us, I think it's more so, look, we need to get Gus rolling. Like, I mean, I'd love him to play more minutes, but that's that's what Trevor decides to do. And, unfortunately, you've got 11 guys on the court. You can't yeah, yeah. do all that yep. sort of stuff. And, you know, if Reese gets in, then so some, some person's minutes are going to get limited. So... Yeah, we'll go from there. Um, you know, it's uh, it's. I just think we've got to get guys, um, you know, that have a little bit of belief and momentum behind them. We've got to get the ball, ball to them early and make sure that they're sort of feeling good about themselves because if you see the ball go in straight away, you obviously your mindset changes a little bit. So I think we'll be looking at that for sure. Got to ask you about your coach's comments from his press conference mm. this morning, um, which will certainly make headlines and have so on our websites and in the paper tomorrow. I'll talk you through the uh, quote. They've got a, talking about Melbourne, obviously, they've got a couple of guys that accentuate contact out there. Sometimes it feels like we're a Marvel hero, they bounce that far off. They have a couple of guys who are minimal contact, maximum exposure. Now, <laughs> we can sort of read into this that he might be talking about Golding and where there are a couple of moments, yeah. particularly in front of your bench, that we sort of noticed. What do you make of those comments? <sighs> Well, I'll just ask you, what do you make of those comments? I know you probably don't want to pour fuel on the fire, yeah, but I, in terms of... Well, the biggest part I see is obviously he's him and his son have uh, plenty of time and they're watching superhero movies at home <laughs> and he was able to make a Marvel reference. So my second <laughs> uh, statement would be wondering which superhero is his favourite, whether it's Thor or he's a famous sort of guy. So um, Would you consider yourself a bit of a Thor? <laughs> oh, I'm definitely a Thor, but the, the way they're yeah. bouncing off you? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I mean, look, they, there's no doubt they accentuate some of the contact, but you you got to play to that. Like, I mean, it's not... Um it's the way it, it, it's happened. That's I mean, you watch it across leagues. Like if the if you if you get a foul call, why would you not do it? Like it's and that's the way it's called. I don't. It's not a blight on them. Um, you know, like 
I play physical and, um, you know, sometimes um, get pinged for a holding and, and all that sort of stuff. Like, um, yeah, I, look, I don't – It's it doesn't bother me in a way. Um, obviously, my, my if, if there was a takeaway from what I, I see it, I would love – Bryce to get a couple of calls just because they're playing super physical on him um, and it does like you know like Casper's uh, done a tremendous job in, in guarding him um, but just to be able to free him up you know there's a lot of that mm. you know I remember years ago when we discussed it like sort of that Kevin Lish sort of treatment because he was such a superstar and you, ha- and you had to sort of niggle him and hold him to, to sort of uh, contain him I think Bryce sort of gets that treatment and because you've got that physical nature of a grand final series and put the whistles away but at the end of the day like um, he's a superstar like you've got to you can't let you know that sort of happen so yeah um, it'll go that but look I don't think that's going to curtail the way I you know play or I don't think they're going to change their game and, and the referees are just going to call with the way they have been um, all year you know and they're not going to I don't think that is but if he wants to point that out and, and all that sort of stuff that's that's Trev um, he's obviously got a strategy and I respect it but um, yeah look it's I do I, I've got a tough enough ass to run around those two especially Chris Goulding who's yes, an absolute that's phenomenal player I uh, don't have to worry about if he's accentuating or anything the Bryce stuff leads us into a Twitter question from Harpy is Casper going to buy dinner for Bryce considering the amount of groping he's doing on defence when does the holding and pushing etc become too much and why isn't it being called I might ask you more about Bryce's mindset does, yeah. how is he frustrated by that no, what, he does, frustrated. It, does it phase him at all no look I, and I think I mean we talk about his game one where he scored 10 points and um, you know he, yeah he was 0 from 9 from the 3 point line but some really clean looks and like I didn't even realise he had, was 0 from 9 I just remembered like on Twitter and follow uh, an NBL account that has like the stats and it was like 0 from 9 you know his grand final performances but then you sort of saw like similar pl- oh like the Andrew Gaze was, had a similar performance in grand I was like oh well, that's some illustrious sort of Correct. Uh, it's, like- it's one of those good and bad stats because it's like if you're ja- if you have the green light to jack nine yeah. threes in a game you're an elite player correct and like but yeah and obviously we won but like I like I didn't realise he had nine threes and it wasn't like um, you know, like he he shot him within the offense, and like you don't want that. And then obviously he responded in a really big way Sunday and shot really well. I think it was four from eight or something like that. So yeah, I'm not sure. Like I don't think his mindset's frustration. I think I mean he is such a selfless player and, and obviously wants to attack. I think obviously when the team's not performing well, you know he needs to respond. And we saw that. I think there was a couple times late in the game, like he's he's trying to create something that maybe. Uh, isn't as easy or you know like there's obviously that physical nature and we know like if you watch the game like if I'm on the perimeter Damo's on the perimeter other guys in the perimeter Mitch Norton these guys um, like they'll send our guys to Bryce you know and so for our job is like Bryce is yeah unselfish and throws the ball but we also need to make sure he knows where we are and, and can move that and so there's so many different dynamics of the game but no Bryce hasn't been um, frustrated at all I mean not once has he sort of been talking about the refs and all that I mean he's he's a consummate professional in the way he's approached like he just he gets about his business but you can see like he's tired like on Sunday like that's that's where it is and we obviously need to do a better job um, you know just to free him up a little bit you know whether that's just to to have a screen in the backcourt or you know on a pin down make sure we have contact with Casper um, just to, to give him an opportunity to, to, to you know have have a little bit of a rest, you know. Um, but no, nah, it's um, it's an interesting sort of thing that that whole matchup has been pretty sort of uh, as a as a 
I guess, a fan of the game, it's been a pretty uh, enticing matchup to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And it's only going to get better as well as we go along. Um, a quick one on your emotions. You've got either two or three games left yeah. in your NBL career. How, how much time have you given yourself to let that sink in even slightly? Or is it just all systems go, grand final, I'll deal with that when it's yeah, over? Yeah, I honestly um, yeah, haven't thought about it once. Um, uh, alluded to it we were just talking prior I think was a little bit emotional heading to the first game like it was really good like hadn't thought about the whole my whole preparation was good but then as I left the the house like my son sort of like we have our normal routine and he gave me a kiss and a cuddle and just sort of said like good luck dad and um, like that sort of was like oh like that tut, that tugs at the heartstrings a little bit just because um, as I said he's a he's at a really fantastic age at the game and at the moment where he's embracing the game the atmosphere and the whole environment of the Perth Walkers game. So, yeah, obviously going to miss that and, and all that. So um, that was maybe the only moment where I was like, oh, this is uh, coming to an end. But apart from that, no, I haven't. Um, like, obviously, I hope we win in two so I don't have to be thinking game five. This is actually my last game. Like, it was a bit funny. We sort of joked around today because... Like, obviously, you play Friday, Sunday, and there's that massive delay next week, which I'm yep. not a fan of. But yep. we were doing warm-up today, and then someone sort of, uh, I think Jesse was like, this could be the our last training session for the year. And I was like, oh, yeah, there you go. And yeah. like, and then we're like, because we had lunch, and I was like, oh, we might, I might not be up in the locker, in the change rooms, like uh, upstairs. This could be the last time. So that sort of was a bit bizarre. But, yeah, just because the the enormity of the games and how much they mean. I mean, obviously, if you... I guess if you win game three and you've got a chance you're there and if you lose um, game three, which obviously I haven't even comprehended, then you're thinking, oh, this could be my last game. But yeah, I'm trying to do it. I mean, it's funny. Uh, like, um, I was asked about it media two weeks ago about it and um, like, and it, it got instated and there was uh, some social media posts regarding, like I obviously I didn't want to make the grand final series about me and I sort of was like, definitely not the case. Um, and that's again that's not I'm not trying to make it about me it's just like yeah full, full systems ahead and, and make sure that we get the job done wanted to ask you real quick about a former very brief former teammate of yours Andre Ingram who's back oh, with the LA crazy. Lakers the reason I'm bringing this up is do you, he's playing with LeBron James now. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys realize that you have a one degree of separation with playing with arguably one of, well, unarguably one of the greatest, arguably the greatest player of uh, I'm not going to lie, time? I did reach out to Andre as did well. Uh, I did it last time and he... It was funny, like, because when he went back and I had his American number and I was just sort of said, because I got along well from that time and I was like, as you do, I was like, oh, look, mate, when I'm in the States, I'll hit you up. And he's like, yeah, please do. And I was like, that's never happening. Like, um, I don't think he'll remember me, but more so, I'm not going to America. I've got two yeah. kids and, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just, I don't have money. But yeah. um, <laughs> There's so many red flags, yeah. Yeah, and then, so then I was like, oh, sick. So I literally hit him up and I uh, obviously tried to, like, down, I was like, mate, well done, like, true story of perseverance and you know well done to that testament to your hard work and and all that how I was leading up to it was I was trying to get a jersey for my Rise Up Gala dinner um, unfortunately from Andre or from LeBron oh, I'll take either, both either but it, it, probably it, LeBron definitely LeBron for a um, tiny bit more yeah. unfortunately I reckon it would get hidden uh, like it would get lost in transit on the way here and be stuck in my in my pool room afterwards uh, with a mysterious so spitter framed, from yeah. G higher yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I sent a text um, I'll give him a, a, a couple of days leeway to he responds and then if not he's not I mean, he was 36 or whatever, so he's not on Instagram because otherwise I'd be checking if he's got the red status um, and then I'd be 
that'd be some massive issues. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear, that's yeah, super exciting for him. Anyway, crazy um, though, right? Yeah, it really is. Like of all stories, and as well as because it was such a such a good story. Like, yeah, one when he signed, then he had that blind every game, and like obviously got around it. And I even like remember people like talking about this one game, like they should sign him, and then. Yeah, again, like he's yeah, just signed. Yeah. Like it's so bizarre. But also how quickly has it changed? Like we were sitting here maybe two weeks ago talking about, oh, the Lakers, yeah, they should probably still find a way into the Correct. playoffs. Right, right. Now all of a sudden, Kuzma's shut down, Ingram <laughs> shut down, ball shut down, and they're playing Andre Ingram. Oh, yeah. Um, and just basically just and almost basically, for draft picks. He's been on G League for like however long, so salary would be too high. But those yeah. two 10-day stints basically yeah, yeah. have Giddy up. what he's earned in four weeks of NBA. And you get to play with Bron and, and exactly. Shira playing in a locker room exactly with him. How right. good. Yeah. Hey, uh, one more Twitter question from James Falerio. What were the legs like for Sunday's game? And in general, how many days in between games does it usually take you to get back to full fitness after playing 25, 30 minutes? Do you feel that fatigue more if the second leg is away when you don't have the home crowd for that extra spur? Well, mate, I played two minutes 36 <laughs> over the weekend, so I'm not sure if I'm the right. But no, okay. but I mean, I guess like even when I played uh, early in the season due to injuries, like, um, yeah, it goes on them. Like, but like, as I said, I, I would have loved this schedule to be Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, just because of the momentum, like mm. hate loss, lo- losing on Sunday, strewing over it. You had a whole Sunday. We yeah, watched yeah, Monday. Yeah. We had Tuesday off and we've had Wednesday. Like, like the way it is, like we're professionals. If you had any niggling injuries, they're not going away in a week. Like I just, and if you are sore heading into a game, once that ball gets thrown up, you don't care about it. Like you're you're ready to go. Like you're, like at, we've built up for this moment. Like for this five game series, you know, like um, for, you've done so much work. Like irrespective of what's going on, you're ready to play. So I would have loved, you know, like that and. Uh, I don't think fatigue is really an issue. Like, I don't... You know, you see during the season, like, um, you know, after a couple of back-to-backs and you have training sessions and stuff, like, um, yeah, guys are, like, pretty bruised and battered and just the whole overall demeanour and mood of the group is quite lethargic and I haven't seen that because this is the thing, like, come playoff times, you refine everything. Like, um, training is... uh, Like, whilst there's a a huge focus on uh, the... sorry the the specifics of a scout and making sure everything's there but like you know if someone gets the ball in an open court now like you hold up like um there's no point of like trying to do anything like yep. you know leading up to grand final series like training sessions are an absolute belter like they're brutal like you know i'd rather play games because it's tough like two hours going absolutely gung-ho at each other whereas like now it's like uh the last thing i ever want to do is injure a player like in a playoff series Mm -hmm. or you know yourself so it's more obviously you're still conditioning because you want to be ready for a game but you're at peak performance Uh, your mindset's pretty big right now and um yeah so i don't think fatigue is definitely issue maybe yeah and not even that like the sunday i didn't think guys were tired um like guys are rarer in the go now to be honest and one last Twitter question. I had to get it in from our friend Nick Tan. Has Damo embraced the extinguisher nickname fully? For those who don't know, Nick Tan <laughs> appears to have some kind of T-shirt thing rolling. And he, has a, he has a T-shirt with Damo with the extinguisher and he's putting out some sort of fire. Um, you guys have some great fans. Don't oh, you? mate, you got to love it. Um, I reckon that'd be a business. Like, I mean, I'm not sure why the Wildcats haven't got this because, like, if they, you know, there's a lot of, like, 
Reese Vague, like if you had some vanilla gorilla t shirts come up, like a couple of drawings, like they'll be household items. Has, like. has, I've got to ask you about Reese. Has Reese Vague's dancing level <laughs> intensified as the season's gone on? Definitely. Well, he knows the cameras are on him now, so that's like that's his jam at the moment. So he's sort of become like Lewis Jetta sort of does it at West Coast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if okay. you sort of realise yeah. in the background, he's sort of become your Lewis Jetta in terms of knowing the cameras are on oh, him, yeah, busting yeah. the moves. He's got some great moves, so why not? I'm telling you that Reese is one of the more unique individuals in the team because like Reese is like uh, like you know, everyone's got their own personalities and quite humorous and everyone's a bit of a laugh but like he really surprised me we had a sundowner oh, four or five months ago and Reese has like got some good banter like especially if me and him like we've got some good banter but he had this new persona came out like during the sundown and they interviewed him and he was speaking in third person and he was like someone that was like I've never like it so was hang on who was interviewing you no like it like uh, whoever was the MC I'm not okay. sure but like he like, it was so <laughs> bizarre like he was just someone completely else it was like humorous but then I was like well, I've never seen this side of Reese and so um so I think like He's just trying to build his brand, I reckon. Okay. Um, it has uh, been one of our great oversights to not have Reese on the podcast <laughs> no, so far this and season. And it was brought up to my attention. It like, was? Stri- well, because then, like, he was, like, hit me up and he's like, well, I heard Bryce, he's like, Tom, like, there was, like, a few, like, and I was like, oh, so do you want to... It's coming, Reese. Your call yeah. up is coming. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, I've been waiting for my moment the whole time. So you have to make... Oh, once he's comfortable, like, he opens up and then that's the thing, like, now with the camera things... Um, but the the media staff, the Wildcats, aren't too happy with us and me and him uh, or himself and I, as a proper yep. <laughs> pronunciation. Yep. But he, um, because we're trying to, like, yeah, cause a little bit of stir and footage and something and ruin it, so they're not too happy. And there's been a lot of like out, like they, whenever they put the stuff on social media, I've had it, had to hit up Julian Wade because I'm like, mate, I've clearly seen you recording stuff, but it's not on there, so. <laughs> For some reason, you keep cutting us out, like as or as we're about to go into a specific part of like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm next to Nikki, and then just stops, and I'm like, okay, oh, that's bizarre. Like they're re- freezing you out. Yeah, Reese and I were there. Like, wow, I'm retiring, but I haven't retired yet. Maybe they're just saving it for one big super cut at yeah, the end of season. Ball. I would hope so. Yeah. yeah, we'll keep an eye out for it. <laughs> hey, Crystal, Crystal, full time. We got to get you out of here, Greg. Um, we're both on Nick K for the whole series, yes. so we'll leave that until next week. I'm going for a bit of a Crystal Ball with uh, today's announcement about when Game okay. five's going to be, which is the following Sunday, just to really draw the season out. I'm going for a bit of a deja vu pick. I think we're going to get to Game 5. Yeah, okay. And you think about the three titles that you've won. Yep. Against Adelaide in 13-14, against New Zealand in 15-16, and Illawarra oh, in 16-17. Yeah. The one common theme, Greg, was? Sundays. Sunday afternoon slash morning time yeah, slot. okay. Um, so game five being on a Sunday could well be a good omen for you guys if like it comes it. that far I think you guys will just tap into some old memories and go hey we've been here before like a lot look I'm going to go uh, I think my boy Clint Stein has copped a little bit of flack because even though he's not scoring as much as he'd like to I thought he's been pretty good he's at across the board so uh, I think he'll uh, unleash his shackles a little bit and uh, I think he'll hit four threes nice. tomorrow night that um, would be a big help that's fine Friday night get that one done but yeah I'll just say four threes he's been exceptional this week on the track so looking forward to that excellent Greg Hyde go get that win Thank and thanks you. for your time appreciate it and to everyone else uh, our grand final coverage bumped up on the West and Perth now and stay tuned for more next week we'll chat to you then the Dribble Podcast is brought to you by Perth Now your home of sporting action from home and abroad